I'm Andy Vinker, and this is Fit Pro Radio. Whether you're a fitness veteran or novice, this podcast is for you. I hope to share the good, the bad, and the real to help you fast track your career and help you find fulfillment and passion in the fitness industry. Let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Fit Pro Radio. I'm really excited to introduce to you all a new series that I'm going to be putting together for all of you. Um, Since I've started my career as a fitness director at my facility, I have really, really seen big pain points when it comes to instructors and queuing, especially brand new instructors, but even up to well-seasoned instructors. Sometimes you just get, you know, we get really comfortable with our queuing or we think we're nailing it, even though maybe there's always some room for improvement. And so I decided to put together a series for you with some people that I find to be experts in their realm of queuing. So in the next several episodes, you're going to hear from our guests that are just phenomenal. You're going to hear a specific episode on indoor cycling or Zumba or whatever it may be. Um, I'm just really excited to bring you these, these experts. Here's the thing. Like I said, there's always room for improvement when it comes to teaching. Something that I've told a lot of my instructors is, especially those who are like brand new to on maybe auditioning for me for the first time, is a lot of us have that star power. Most of us, most instructors have star power. And what I mean by star power is like you are a rock star because you are passionate, you are lit up, you see, and you work really, really hard and have this like big big vibe about you that just is like so contagious. You are excited about what you do. You you light up when you teach or when you even hear like a song maybe that's familiar to you. But maybe you might be a rock star in that sense. But can you cue effectively? That has been something that I know I've become really passionate about in my position as a director of fitness in my facility, but because I've seen so many different instructors and I see how, like, in general, queuing is just completely overlooked. And it's not your fault. It's not. (laughs) When you do any certification, unless it's like Les Mills is probably the only format that I've seen that actually, like, really, really drives home the importance of queuing, most most certifications just don't. You have like maybe a few hours, maybe like eight hours in a room um, or virtually, and they will briefly touch on queuing and then just kind of let you go to figure it out on your own. And a lot of times we are kind of blindsided by the need to focus so hard on queuing and the importance. And so that's why I thought... I have this resource. I have this platform. Why not bring some of the industry's best, at least local industry's best, to you so that way you can learn from their experience. You can learn faster. And that is the whole point of this podcast is that you can have resources to be able to go further faster. So today I'm going to kind of give you an overview of why I believe that queuing is so essential 
and hopefully give you a nice introduction for these upcoming episodes. I'm just so excited. We've already started the recording process for these, and I can just tell you now, these guests are just going to blow you away. The learning that I know I have been able to experience has just been, I don't even know, like I just feel so blessed, so grateful and lucky to have this this ability to get to meet and connect with such incredible instructors. And so um let's let's just go for it. Something that I learned early on in my career, maybe I've told you my story and if if you've already heard it, sorry, but I'm going to say share it again. When I first started teaching Zumba, my very first class was to um middle schoolers. I licensed for to be a Zumba instructor on a Saturday. The following Thursday, Friday, no, Wednesday, Thursday, I spent two solid days teaching PE classes, Zumba Fitness, and I taught middle schoolers. Now, if there's anything that we all know about middle schoolers is if they did not grow up participating in dance or sports or whatever it may be, they don't have a whole lot of body awareness. And and it's just something that, you know, it's a developmental thing. All of us have to <laughs> go through with it and learn it. Um, but if there's a better, if there's not a better crowd than to like learn how to teach these people, it's like they're the ultimate beginner. So very quickly, I threw myself into the fire. I did not know how, how hot of a fire I was throwing myself into with this commitment, <laughs> but I realized and learned very, very quickly that it was going to take a whole lot of skill on my end to be able to communicate to these students non-verbally, because Zumba is a non-verbal format, how I can communicate to this room of like 40 kids, how to execute these movements, and so that I could get them to have the, the results that I would hope for them. Does that make sense? Um, because the thing is, a Cass, Cass Martin said it in an interview with her, if you haven't listened, you should totally listen. But she said it so well. As instructors, we are the roadmap. We are the GPS. We are the guidance that helps ev- that help our classes get f- go from point A to point B. And if we are not on point and we are not being we're not clearly communicating our intentions for our students, they're going to be all over the place. And and you know the class in total might be a hot mess. But the real the real sad part of not being prepared and not having great cues is the fact that our students will not feel successful. They cannot feel successful in a class if they have no idea what they're doing. And I really, really hope that you haven't had this experience, but I know I've seen, I've been to classes, I've taken classes from, from instructors that it's like, I've been, I've been doing fitness for like 12 years and I'll walk into this instructor's class and I cannot follow to save my own life. And so I know that it's like, I feel even like doubly frustrated being like, I should be able to like figure out what they're doing or just like read their minds because I do fitness and I know, right, how bodies move usually. But it's like, and if I feel that frustrated, I can only imagine how our students feel if they walk into a class, they have no idea what they're doing. And then they never, their risk is they won't come back. And that is a real, real heartache that, that we will face. And so the good news is, 
is that cueing is such a learnable skill. Anybody can learn how to cue. And so I'm really, really hoping that in these next few episodes, you'll be able to learn from from others' experience, use the recommendations, use the advice that they give so that you can improve. And not because I'm like here to be like, blah, 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 everyone sucks at queuing. <laughs> like I don't, I don't believe that. I believe, I don't believe I'm even the best at it, but I do believe that we can always improve and that if somebody can help us learn how to improve, like let's do it. If we can be able to, to push ourselves to get uncomfortable so that we can deliver a really, really great class for everybody with a body, like my gosh, we could change the world. And I don't say that lightly. I fully believe that. We could change, if not the world, we can change somebody's world. And so with that responsibility, with that mental, um, let me break down what I feel and what I've learned in my experience makes a really good cue. And I'm going to mostly focus on verbal cues. And so if you are a nonverbal instructor, these things still apply. Um, and I can help you. We can like translate what that looks like, but just continue to listen, like just stick with me for a minute and know that this will be valuable to you. And also just, I, I want to give you the invitation that if you do teach a nonverbal format, um, I don't want you to, to trap yourself in a box because I know that's something that I did for a long time. I only taught Zumba. Um, it was probably maybe five years. And I was like, I'm happy where I'm at because I am a Zoom instructor and I genuinely love what I do. And this is, this is my vibe. It is the vibe. And it wasn't until one of my managers actually pushed me um, <laughs> by getting me a, sp- a sponsorship, <laughs> a scholarship to do a, a training that really changed my life. And I remember telling her like, I don't know if I, I don't want you to waste your time. Like I'm just a Zumba instructor. I like said it half jokingly, but then also like a hundred percent seriously, because <laughs> I really thought that was, that was it. Like I love Zumba and that's it. And that's okay. But if it wasn't for her pushing me to be like, I don't want you to just be a Zumba instructor. I want you to push yourself and see what else you can do. Um, and maybe you'll realize like how much you love other things as well. She was like, made it so clear that pushing myself beyond just a Zoom instructor, which by the way, if you're a Zoom instructor, you're not just a Zoom instructor, but that's just wording right here. Um, that pushing myself outside to teach other formats would not only help me grow and expand myself as an instructor, but it would help me really figure out how to be a stronger Zuma instructor, how to bring stronger cues, because we've said it in the past, but every single certification, every single training that you do, you're going to learn something and it's going to apply and cross and cross um, every other format that you're going to teach. And it's going to improve it if you take the opportunities to Take your new learnings and apply them to what you're already doing. And so I just wanted to put that out there. If you're somebody that's like, I don't, I don't ever plan to teach a verbal format, keep listening because we're not going to like put ourselves in a box. We're going to be open to all new opportunities, right? So let's go for it. So the majority of what I'm going to share is, is taught by Les Mills, but I thought it was so good, but obviously I'm not going to to share everything that they share, but I do want to talk about the three main principles 
um, of really, really strong cues. And there are three levels, three layers to cueing that they, that they focus on. And I feel like in every format that I've ever taught, they apply. So the first thing, the first layer is safety and setup cues. So if you are doing a verbal format, tell me, where are my feet? What is my core doing? Where are my shoulders? Should my shoulders be like up scrunched by my ears? Should my shoulders be up, back and down, or should they be rolled forward? Should my core be braced? Should we let it all hang out? <laughs> if you do tell me to brace my core, and I've never heard that bef- the wording brace my core before, what does that mean? Tell me what that looks like. Tell me what that feels like. And then same with like, if you're telling me to squat and I've never heard that before, tell me what that looks like. Tell me what that feels like. And teach me in a way that will hit both the visual because you can like just hit a squat, but then I could still get it wrong, right? Something I've learned in my career is that I'll tell people to squat and I will demonstrate it and it will still be wrong because they don't, they might see my body doing it and assume that their body looks the same. Even next to a mirror, they might not know. And so how do I verbally describe this movement in a way that you will understand in your body so that you can execute it safely and successfully? So that's, that's like the set of cues. And then other things that go with the set of cues are counting. Like how many counts, how many times am I doing this? Eight, seven, six, five. Um, but remember, this is only one of three layers. Something that is like a huge, huge thing that we need to be aware of is how many times we're repeating cues. Your safety cues you want to repeat like maybe one to two times as you're doing new things, but you do not spend an entire, I'm going to use a song for an example, you do not spend an entire song saying the same thing over and over again. Um, and here's why. Quick story. Unrelated, but so related. We have a dog. His name is Hercules. So cute. But if he, <laughs> if you don't use a really strong command the first time and just say, Hercules, come, like he will mosey around outside and he'll be like so happy, which is fine. We love, we love a happy pup. But my kids have started to do this thing when they will let him out, they'll open the door and they just start screaming immediately, immediately, Hercules, come, Hercules, come. Hercules, come. Now I can't say anymore or else he's going to freak out being like, what, mom, <laughs> where do I come? Um, but, but it got to a point where I've, I've had to point out to these, to my little babies that the guys, the more times you say his name over and over again, the less important it is to him, the less he's going to hear it. And it kind of becomes white noise. And, and his name and the command mean a lot less to him because it's so repeated. In the same way, cues apply. Safety cues. So if I'm doing a song and I hear up, down, 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 up, right? I can already, I can hear your eyes glazing over. (laughs) Or if I say one, two, Three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two. Same idea. So boring. Um, And it's not necessarily 
it's not it gets to a point where it's like it's not even just cues and it's not instructional it's just noise and so we need to be so mindful of that set up cues are tell me what my body's doing tell me what it feels like and then tell me how many times or how long and then that's level one that's it um and read your room look around and make sure that people are kind of picking up what you're putting down But for the most part, once they get it, you don't need to repeat it. There's always that one student or maybe a few students that are like, what? What'd she say? And they're still kind of doing their own thing. That's when you would repeat it, but repeat it in a different way. Right? Instead of one, two, three, four, maybe go backwards. Four, three, two, one, which by the way, if you're counting in a class, I always recommend counting down. Just a quick hack. Because if you're counting up, your students will have no idea where the number stops. So always count down. Let them know that there's an end to this. Maybe it's burpees. There's only four of them. There's not a million because I'm counting down. So we know where the end game is. Anyway, but the, the point is once you lay your safety foundation down and the information down, leave it there. Let people marinate and connect to their bodies And cue the safety cues and counting only as much as necessary. But do not stay there (laughs) or else you're going to have a really hard time connecting to your students and they're going to have a really, really hard time wanting to stay in your class. So that is layer one, safety and setup. Next is your intensity cues. What does this mean? Your intensity cues are communicating to your people how, like, what am I feeling again? Do I level up? Do I level down? What are my options? Um, How do I make this harder? How do I make this less hard? And really quick, I've talked about it in one of my episodes. I think it was the language matters episode, but try not to use words like, if you want to make it harder, don't use that, that phrase in your class. I just want to just, I usually, I'm like, you know, Find the beat of your own heart and follow that. But no, this is like one that I like use as a hard no. And the reason why is because you're going to get students that are going to feel like weak if they don't take the quote hard option. And we don't want people to or we don't want to perpetuate this idea that if you're not going hard or you're pushing to puke that they are, that you are not strong. That is not correct. And it's actually really, really damaging for a few reasons. One, puke is not a good point. If you're, if you have someone like pushing to puke in your class, you've pushed them too far. They're not listening to their body. They're not being safe. And also you're teaching really, really dangerous habits. Your body does not need to puke to be successful in a workout. You should be able to talk to, you know, be breathless. That's, that's the kind of point of a strong endurance gauge but if you are pushing so hard that your classes are running out sick you have pushed them way too far they are beyond fitness and they are and now it's a whole new level of unhealth as fitness professionals our goal is to teach and promote health and wellness health and wellness not push beyond your limits not stop listening to your body or else you're weak and so going back if you can use things like words like for more of a challenge for more of a challenge try this 
or something that I've learned is I teach a format that there's a lot of impact. And so I've just started saying, if impact isn't your thing right now, awesome. Take it down. This is the same move, just no jumping. Show them that they are still strong in their bodies, no matter what option they're taking. This is the, I cannot emphasize enough how important it is that you are so mindful of your words and the intensity cues that you use. Just help people connect to their bodies. Something that I love and I've talked, I've shared it in this podcast. Um, my sister actually used it in a yoga class. She said, push where you can and honor your limits. And being able to even use that as an intensity cue, okay, can you give me a little bit more? Can you reach a little further? Can you jump a little higher? Can you sit a little lower? Like those are all intensity cues. Um, but then also with that said, honor where you are, honor your body. But if you can push here, let's push and let's push together. Um, so that is your intensity cues. Can I take it and then something else, if you're not, if you're not, um, you also want to be mindful of like how you use words, like how to take it down a notch. Like I said, if jumping is not your thing, follow me. Um, and that is okay. Use words like option instead of if you're not feeling level one, level two, level three, because again, that kind of perpetuates this, like I've got to go to level three or I'm not good enough. And again, it's, it's, your intention behind your wording might be different than what people receive, but you cannot control what people receive. So what we can control is the language that we use to really, really encourage um, strength, pushing and honoring where we can and where your students can. Um, so there, that's level two. So layer one is safety and setup. Layer two is intensity cues. Tell me how I can challenge or pull back on my workouts or this movement. Level three, and this is the one that everyone kind of jumps to first. So just know that this is level three. This is the last one <laughs> is motivational cues. So after you've told me, maybe I have like a three minute song. The first minute should be showing me what am I doing? How many times? What it looks like? What it feels like? The second minute will be you telling me how to kick it up a notch or take it back down. Level three or that last minute is when you're pushing to finish. And so this is where we want to get really creative. Saying things like, good job, <laughs> sometimes help. But what else can you add to that? Can you pick out their names? Oh, yeah, Anne, I saw that jump. Yes, amazing. Yes, incredible. But others, not only like shouting them out, but this is a really great opportunity to be like, we didn't come this far to only come this far. We are going to make this, at, we started this as individuals or finishing together as a team. I need you to dig deep and give me everything you have. This is really, really hard, but you've done harder. Something that I've learned with these motivational cues is the deeper that you can connect to an emotion the better your, your students are going to be able to connect to theirs. Give them an opportunity to feel and lean into the music. Give them an opportunity to feel into what drives and inspires them. Something that's really amazing 
is that we have no idea what happens outside of the hour that we see our students. Maybe they just got a diagnosis that's going to be life-changing. Maybe they're having a hard time in their family. Maybe they're having a hard time with their child. Maybe they're going through school. Maybe they're just finishing. Maybe they're engaged. Whatever it is, we might not know. A lot of times we don't know the story. All we do, all we get to see is that one hour of them in our class. And a lot of times what we need to remember is that this is just one hour blip that they're taking out of their day to connect and to be with people, to connect to people, but then also to connect to themselves and maybe forget what's outside of those walls of your group fitness room. And being able to help them connect to strength, to power, to empathy, to gratitude, to courage and bravery in your class, you can do this in a verbal and nonverbal way. How do we do that verbally? By using the cues, using cues similar to the ones I shared before. Dig deep. Like, like you've done everything that you're doing in here. Something that I shared in one of my classes that like, that was really, really amazing to see how many people it resonated with was you've already done one hard thing today. Now you can walk out that door and do any hard thing that comes your way. We have so much power in our, in our one hour class to be able to help empower people, strengthen people and believe in themselves, help them believe in themselves but we can't do that unless our cues are right on point and unless we're building to these moments. And so your again, your layer three is your motivational cues. Check out cues. Think of cues that are like deep and emotional if you want to, if that's your vibe, if that's if that aligns with the way you teach. But other things that might work for you are maybe like extrinsic or external motivators. If you do the squat, you're going to get that, like, perfect that peach, girlfriend. You're going to get so much stronger. Focus on things, though. I want to challenge you that when you're writing down cues, I I challenge you to write them down and really brainstorm them before you teach. Try not to just wing it. But really get creative and think of things that motivate you and think of things that motivate other people. And also think of things that they'll be able to feel results of immediately You will not get six-pack abs after a one-hour class. You will not get a perfect lifted booty after one class. But one rep at a time, they are getting stronger. And the more you can emphasize the strength that they are getting in every single rep, every single jump, every single side-to-side shuffle, every single booty shake is just bringing them some kind of reward right then. Maybe it's joy, maybe it's connection, maybe whatever it is, maybe it is strength. But let them know that that is happening in their bodies as it's happening. Just because we all need something. We all need something um, in this life that is kind of an immediate payoff, right? And we have to let people know that everything that they're doing now is equaling something bigger. So with that said, I really am excited to share with you these next few episodes um, I, I can't, I can't, I have to drip them because I want you to be able to take the time to really ingest, really marinate 
on all the incredible information and advice given by these instructors because my goodness, it is amazing. And I th- I'm hoping that even though they are, they will be specifically for different formats that you will take time to listen to every single one. Just like you can learn from a brand new certification, you will learn so much from different methods of cueing. If you want to hear an episode maybe focused on nonverbal cueing that will be coming up when we talk about Zumba. Um, but know that there are other ways that like nonverbal cueing, visual cues really if affect and impact your format, whatever your format you might teach, whether it's indoor cycling, yoga, barbell classes, pump, whatever it is, all of these things kind of cross and And if you can learn to master and integrate all this information into whatever format you teach, you will see a huge, I promise you, a huge growth spurt in your classes, a huge growth and increase in confidence in yourself and your cueing abilities, but then also greater fulfillment in your teaching, greater joy because you will see your classes light up. They will laugh with you. They will weep. They will be stronger because of the power, the time that you took to learn and hone in on these skills to be able to deliver an amazing class for them. So stay tuned. Amazing stuff is coming for you. Um, and don't forget, if any of these episodes, like I want to invite you, since it's been a second since my last sharing of an episode, I want to invite you to go back and re-listen to some. Maybe share one on your social media or leave a, leave, um, a comment or a rating if one or some episode really affected you or helped you in any way. I want to know so I can better deliver more great content, more value for you. And you can do that by leaving a review in on either Apple, Spotify, or Amazon Music, or again, sharing is caring. So if you do share on social media, thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. Um, all I want with this podcast is to be able to help other instructors because I firmly believe that we are called and given this amazing opportunity that is just so deeply rooted, this love that is just comes from within us to share and to promote health and to help people find joy and movement just like we have found in the past. So thank you for what you do. Thank you for the light you bring. Thank you for the love and passion that you bring to your classes. I hope that this series will help you be able to do that in a more productive and efficient way so you can continue to shine the bright light that you are forever. And with that said, I will see you on the next one.